This is why we can't have I'm nice gonna, things. I'm, no, I'm leaving that in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Lane Violation Podcast, where we might just cross some lines. My name is Greg Mello. With me, as always, my two co-hosts, fellow R.J. Barrett Stan Andre Turan. I was never a fan of his. And you clearly said him. last night you loved him. Don't you ever disrespect me by saying I like R.J. Barrett. And the French Connection, Louis Ricard. Hello, that is the worst way to introduce me, and I officially quit. <laughs> uh, guys, it's been a little bit since our last episode, yep. uh, but we're here to talk some NBA, some NCAA, a little bit of draft. Uh, I think we're going to touch a, little, a, little a lot of, of areas. A little bit today. of basketball, I'd say. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe some basketball. Um, so, but let's start out with uh, bookkeeping. And... I think that Louis got a lot of thoughts on this one, but let's start out with Russell Westbrook. Uh, two nights ago, great night, first ever, well, second ever player to have a 2020-20 triple double in the win over the LA Lakers. Uh, and guys, I will leave the floor open to you. Just some reactions on Russell Westbrook's it's- triple double. If anyone was gonna get that, it, it was him. I, I that was my mindset when I when I saw that that's that statistic. I I was incredibly surprised, but not because of who did it, but because of what was accomplished. Like twenty 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 is just a historical achievement. I was saying I was telling that to Greg and Andre. I was like, I we'll we'll probably not see that again in our lifetime, or not at least you know for a long period of time. I'll be well in my eighties if I ever make it this far. Um, but the fact that Russell got it is not surprising because he's the most dynamic player on a on an OKC team that also has another superstar in Paul George. But the fact that he did that and why he did it is to me incredible. You want to expand on that, Dre? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the 2020-20. We know Nipsey Hussle, um, you can call him a rap mogul, a community acti- activist, an activator, an advocate um, for like the Crenshaw area in, in Los Angeles, was shot and killed in front of his, his store. Front and it, 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 it touched. It hurt a lot of people. Um, a lot. The reaction to that was 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 much bigger than I, than I thought it was going to be. A lot of NBA players. Yeah, a lot were of NBA affected. players. Not only did they listen to the guy, but he he was around, hung out with a lot of guys. You saw stuff. You saw uh, videos of him hanging out with Steph, interacting with uh, Russell Westbrook. A lot, a lot of guys. A lot of guys had connections to uh, personal. Russell. Yeah. And so we know uh, Nipsey, Nipsey had gang affiliations, <clears throat> past gang affiliations. Excuse me, in uh, in that area. Um, and the 2020-20 was to uh, kind of commemorate Nipsey as a whole, despite the, the gang affiliations, however you want to look at that, um, by, you know, by, because 20 plus 20 plus 20 equals 60, and the name of uh, Hustle's gang or, or gang affiliation was the Rolling 60s. So it was, it was kind of a, and, and Westbrook set out to do this on purpose. I think he said that before the game. Yep, and, and he said that game, at the end. And he's he like, you know what it is. He looked at Reggie Miller, I believe, was on call. And he said, yeah. "That's for Nipsey," while banging his chest with his hand. Yeah. And you could you could see how emotional he was. I mean, he's a very emotional player, and you can yeah. see it uh, like on day in and day out. But I, I think to me, like it was a strong statement made by Russ, and one of the strongest one in history that we've seen so far. I mean, far. for him to say, "I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna do this," knowing like how tough that is. It's, it's I was telling that to Dre. Cool. I could not do that with. Five with four other grown men who've played basketball before against a bunch of middle schoolers. I could not. I, I could not do that. It, it, it's a thing of beauty, 
in the highest and the, the, the most elite league of all to be able to record 20 points, 21 assists, and I think 20 rebounds is just absolutely unheard of. And there's a reason he's the only one of two people who did that with Will Chamberlain. And just a big, uh, a big homage to, uh, to Hustle. And I, and, I, and I think that it really went a long way with, uh, with his family and whatnot. So, so big shout out to Russ for that. Um, but Greg, Greg has some other thoughts <laughs> uh, about the way uh, the, the, that kind of triple-double might happen more than once or more than twice. Uh, I I just think I mean uh, definitely excellent game by by Russ. You know that's an extremely tough thing to do. Um, my only thoughts on it are just you know as we've seen over even the past like five years of the NBA, the way the pace is quickened, uh, that players are more likely to to get triple doubles now more than ever. You've got players like a Nikola Jokic, like a Ben Simmons, like a Giannis, who are elite young players who are really recording these. Uh, these games at a higher clip and I think that uh, it isn't unreasonable to say that we will see um, another 2020-20 effort um, somewhere down the line I don't know if it's going to be you know next season or it's going to be like 10 years from now or 15 years I don't I just don't think it's going to be as large of a gap as it was from Wilt to Russ um, but not going to take away any of the the limelight from Russ excellent night a uh, great moment uh, for for basketball I think to have that to have that uh, commemoration of culture. Nipsey. Um, and I, I think that that's really cool. Uh, but let's move on to the next segment here. Uh, a, a big, I guess a little bit of a shockwave. I don't think it's really a surprise unless you really tune into Wizards uh, fan culture. But uh, longstanding general manager Ernie Grunfeld uh, was fired. Uh, and, you know, he was with the team for 16 seasons. Uh, most notably, it, it, as a, there's nothing notable it, about his tenure. Here, here's yeah. Here, let me note you notable things from Ernie Grunfeld's tenure as the the Wizards GM. Uh, Gilbert Arenas. Oh, and he also drafted John Wall and Bradley Beal, but he's not done really too much with that. That is about it. That is that is pretty much what. Yep. Uh, Grunfeld did. Hey, um, no, let's not forget a very solid record of 568 wins. And 724 losses. This Wizards team uh, has been mediocre for more than the past few years. It has been mediocre uh, for probably 10, 20 years now. Um, but, and, I mean, and I they, think they had a couple of. Uh, I, mean, I think they had their shot in two thousand. Yeah, they should have went to these conference finals. Yeah, but they, but when they, they had Gorta and Nene, but, and but they tricked it against the Celtics. Like, right? They should. There was most games they should have won. They yeah. should have won that. That was the best. That's, that was the best compromise team they had. Basically. Yeah, I, I think the thing is that this is a team that hasn't won, had a fifty win season. Yeah. For 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 multiple decades now. Agreed. Um, and their star player, who they signed to a supermax, John Wall, is now going to be out. That uh, was out most of this year is going to be out all of next year, and that contract is a huge financial burden on their roster. That is full of right now just Bradley Beal and a couple of players. And Wizards fans do not have a lot of things to be excited about right now. I think right they're looking at the lottery, um, and they're hoping the lottery goes their way right now. But Bradley Beal is a free agent after uh, next year. Um, they will potentially offer the supermax to him if he be if he is a 
uh, All NBA team uh, member this year, and it it's really can you commit to two players in that way? You don't really know I, I what John Wall we're going to get when John Wall comes back. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of things in flux right now, and you know the owner didn't really seem to uh, Leonidas didn't really seem to give the fan base that much reason to be happy because the the reason that he gave for firing Grunfeld is because they have high expectations and basically the fact that they didn't make a playoff appearance was the reason that he fired him. But should you not be striving, even injuries aside, should you not be striving as the Washington Wizards considering that you've had John Wall, Bradley Beal, and a couple of pieces and just a few years ago, you made the semis. You you should be doing better than just the eighth seed or the seventh seed yeah. and I mean, the first round. Out. You should always strive for better if you're the Wizards. I mean, that's been kind of like the, the motto for them uh, based on the fan base and based on, on analysts and NBA uh, analysts around the, around the globe. But I don't really care the reason why he was fired. I just think it's a good move. And yeah, I mean, right now it's not exciting. But you always have to go down before you can get back up. And I think the Wizards are finally in that last bit of decline before coming back up. The John, Wall con- John Wall's contract is, is a mess. That we can all agree on that. But it, if you're you know, if you're a solid GM right now looking for um, a promotion or if you're an, an already a team president or if you're anyone really involved in that front office... Uh, in the world of the front office, this job is kind of interesting because you have the chance of taking a franchise and turning it around to finally make it successful in what it should be. It will take a special man to do their job. Don't get me wrong. And and I don't know if there, there's going to be a ton of candidates, but and their biggest concern is going to be that John Wall's contract and how to keep or if you want to get rid of what, get get rid of him and Beal um, away at the same time. But I do think that it's it's promising for Washington. First of all, they've made a step forward to committing to winning again because they got rid of a horrible team president. Let's 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 be clear. He did not do anything that was worth mentioning. That franchise, he has no legacy left in that franchise except underachievements. He could have been something. He could have done a lot of great things for this franchise with um, Gilbert Arenas, with Bradley Beal, with Karen Butler, with Anton Jameson, and with John Wall right now. But he hasn't. He hasn't delivered. The blame is not just on him, but it's a step forward. What I really loved about this is that they announced it the day that Bryce Harper was coming back to play in Washington against the Nationals with his new team, Philly. So the, the news was kind of buried uh, behind that, you know, big, uh, or, you know, surrounding the booze uh, toward uh, Bryce Harper and everything. But the Wizards fans have reasons to rejoice because this is the first step toward the right direction for the franchise. Dre, what do you think? It's neither here nor there for me. Cool. It's really not that big big of news to me. I okay. mean, it, what, what what do you expect out of the most mediocre sports town in, in, in the world? Are the they, Redskins yeah, are extremely mediocre. Hey. Shout out to the you know the Caps they got they got over the hump last year. But, yeah, after but years, at, of but after years of being like you know <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, we're going to play well in the, in the regular season, but probably losing the first round. And Washington, I mean, he's it's the definition of mediocre. Like, out of the 16 seasons there, how many times did he make the playoffs? Eight times. That's, yeah, that's 50. percent 
He has that's nearly right, two. That's right yeah. in the middle of mediocrity. Yeah. No, he, he, had not, he has nothing left for so, him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing outside of the norm. Is it is it a good move by the Wizards? Like, it, could they should they have gone further and fire more people? Like, what do you, or where do you think they go next? Like, I mean, do you think that it? That's that's I, I'm not around that. I'm not around that organization to 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 gauge or judge that personally. You know, what I'm saying like I don't have any experience with with them or you know, and it's a lot of things. There's a lot of moving parts that goes into a, 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 that goes into a team or a program being successful. You know, there's play, there's blame to be placed on a lot of people from. The top to the bottom. So, I mean, if they're, I mean, if they want to look to get a fresh start, do something new. Okay, cool. This is this might be the beginning of something. Who knows if, if Scott if Scott Brooks will be there next year? I mean, I haven't heard anything about his job in Jeopardy. Have you, Greg? I mean, I haven't but, seen but anything. You, you don't know. Yeah, I I think that changes will be made eventually. I don't know if it's going to happen this quickly, but it's one of them. Uh, Grunfeld was the fourth longest tenured uh, GM behind. R.C. Buford and Greg Popovich in San Antonio, the golden, the golden yeah. s- set of, of what you want to look for in the ba- in the basketball and uh, the association. Pat Riley, also another great GM yeah. and president, and Donnie Nelson in Dallas, who built a Mavericks team that went to two NBA Finals. Compared to those guys, Grumble he's did nothing. literally nothing. And I mean, and that was why he was let go. And I just don't understand. I mean, like like Greg said, the reasoning behind his firing is outrageous because i think they were trying to be diplomatically correct or politically correct but at this point if you're the if you're the washington wizards you have to you know that you're not doing well you know that there's a lot of things going wrong for you so why don't you just take the blame say hey listen we screwed up by letting him here stay for 16 years and not doing anything that we wanted to do we're sorry this is the first step but but because they didn't do that, now we have people that, like Andre who don't really care about it because to them it's like neither here or there because they don't expect anything out of it. But I mean, we'll have to see what directions they what direction they choose to go. Uh, what's next, Greg? Uh, so we have the last set of bookkeeping. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green were fined by the league after their game against the Wolves, where they criticized the officiating. Um, I believe there was a final call involving Carl Anthony Towns. Point that, five, f- five seconds left in the clock. They were tied. And, and, and free throws ended up winning the game for Minnesota. Yep. Um, there was a mi- missed foul call, uh, according to Steph, uh, on, on his three-point shot. So uh, a couple of different things. But basically, uh, all three players were fined. Uh, Green fined the largest amount at 35000 uh, or uh, Yeah, 35000 yeah, uh, and then Kevin Durant at 25 and Steph or, at 25. Steph at 25 and Kevin at 15. Uh, and I think that the differences were just like Draymond used social media to do his. Yep. Uh, Steph was in game and KD was uh, public criticism. So I'm assuming that was during the press conference yeah. uh, that it happened. To, so the game should never have been this close. The, uh, that's a Wolves team that should not compete with the Warriors. The Warriors have found themselves in this situation multiple times this season. Are the refs, the the the, you know, inclined to to give fouls to the Warriors? Absolutely not, because they're a bunch of hot-headed stars, and you know they they play with some swagger. And but this game was to me inexcusable, and it was absolutely hor- horrific to watch in terms of the refereeing because they called Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant shot a three and drained it, plus the foul. 
but they did they called the foul before the motion and that was not legitimate at all that should have been a four-point play then steph makes a three right after that time right after that no foul that no call if you will and then they call it the foul that's nowhere near any foul that i've ever seen on carl anthony towns on kevin durant who was guarding anthony towns and that wins the game and i think that was like the the cherry on top for for, for these players and that and that draymond and kd you know insult and, and go on t- on on tangents like we we're used to that like that's fine but when you see steph curry someone you know whose integrity you know is pretty respected around the league i'd say that most people think he's a reasonable human being and he's not you know a crazy uh trash talker and whatnot to have him you know watch him during that press conference you know saying that the ref was the mvp of the night uh commenting on ig saying the same thing being very heated about that to me told me something because that means that there's something that needs to happen and the fact that the nba would find these guys for defending themselves against bad officiating is is ludicrous i think that players should have something to say about refereeing officiating if it's done poorly i mean yes I, I think my dad always says this and i i kind of stick to it like if you're gonna find the players you can find referees like, yeah. I mean, I don't know now. As far I think as they've the, done that too. Now, as far as the logistics, I don't know how that works out. But like guys, these guys make mistakes too, right? It's, there's a reason guys are complaining, especially if it's at this level where three guys are getting fined. They're not complaining for no reason, right? Um, but but the fact of the matter is, <laughs> they 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 already have such a big spotlight on them as a team, right? And then you get to a certain point where you become so dominant that like the X on your back is from different different avenues, different areas. So now where, you know, you were on top of the world, might have been getting more calls. People have kind of gotten tired of, like, how yep. good and dominant you have been. The Jordan rules, yeah, for so, example. Yeah, so it, it, it is what it is. But, like, I also feel like the players should be able to express themselves and have a, a voice, right? But the thing is the league has to protect its officials in this way because if they Absolutely. don't, it takes away from the officials, like, credibility. Yeah. And, and that's what they stand on, you know? I've always been taught as a rug- in, in rugby, I've played rugby for a while, and, and rugby is one of the most respectful sports towards offic- offic- officials, sorry. Like, you will see grown 6'5", 250-pound guys calling a guy sir and never, literally never touching them on, like, in soccer or any other sport. I've always been, ta- I've always been taught, respect the referee, always call him sir, never argue a call. Because no matter what you do, it's not going to change a thing, right? However, when it's multiple no calls, when it's multiple fouls that weren't called, when it's multiple turn- turnovers that shouldn't have happened, and when Steph, you know, almost gets tripped while he's shooting a three, I don't know if you guys saw that picture. I don't know the defender for the Wolves, but like it's there's a clear evidence that the Timberwolves player is extending his leg while Curry is shooting the three and hitting Curry's leg at the same time. And that's not getting called. As a player, you're fear for your safety. Your legs and your body are what makes you or what gets you paid. So at that point to me, it is justifiable for either the, the, the players to talk to the referees, or a valuable option would be them go to Steve Kerr and Steve Kerr argue with the referees. Except now the referees toss every coach that argues. Popovich was uh, tossed after 63 seconds in a game against Denver. Because he argued a call. It's a statement. He he knew what he was doing. He knew he wanted he wanted everyone to respect him for that. You By know. the way, his post conference was absolutely <laughs> gold, like absolute gold. But 
like it's just like an example. Steve Curry is always a player's coach and always will advocate for his players. And he's been tossed out multiple times. So if the coaches can't argue with the referees about a call, if the players can't argue with the referees about a call, I don't want to see on Twitter the NBA referee account saying, oh, this was a missed uh, missed call or this this call should have not been a foul. There should be a level of accountability right there and then to change things, whether it's a video replay, whether it's an, uh, you know a video official, you know, in the booth saying, hey, you guys messed it up, fix this. Greg, what, what's your thought on the whole scenario? Is it justifiable that, did the NBA do the right thing by finding these guys? What's 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 in there? What's going on? I mean, I, I'm i always of the mindset the, the league can do what it wants in this case. They've already set the precedent before that they don't want their referees being critiqued um, in any way. And if they're going to do that and they keep it the same throughout every time, then I don't really mind. Um, Players are going to get fined because they are human and they're going to get mad. And that's just the the result of players in the moment, you know, wanting to win. And that's that is their desire to win showing on their sleeves. And I think that's really important for the game. So I think that, I don't know, there's I, the only thing that the league can maybe do is just educate uh, refs a little more just to, you know, refs are going to have human error. They're going to miss calls, but just be like, hey, this is why we have the two minute report which i honestly think is a joke personally but if we're going to keep releasing the two-minute report and saying like this should have been this you know learn from your mistakes we'll do better next time sort of a deal then then let that be what it is um but but, has it has it happened though because you know since it's been installed and since it's been into place i haven't seen any improvement if anything i've seen more controversial opinions and and controversies happening i think that it's I think that the report isn't really for the league as more so for the fans. Yeah. So the fans can see and be like, oh, I was right on that. And, and my team was, was you know, screwed over because of that. But I think that what this ultimately comes down to is as a team, as players, you should just know that do not ever let it get in the hands that the ref can control the game for you. The Warriors should have yeah. won that game. They're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves who are going to probably miss the playoffs. Um, I think they, they're confirmed that they're going to miss the playoffs. So th- you should just be crushing that team. I don't care that you're tired of or you're coasting or whatever. This and shouldn't have gotten that close. So I Steph think it's mentioned ahead. that in, in his post-conference, uh, post, yeah, post-game conference. I'm sorry, not post-conference. Um, he mentioned that the, the game should have never been that close. Yeah, so but, you know, in in the idea that in the playoff series, if it gets that close, you know, in a seven-game series, if that would were to happen, given they select the best officials for this, but still, there's been way there have been way too many controversies surrounding officiating in the league, and I think that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Uh, so we'll take a look at the standings a little later because we can do that pretty quickly. Let's take a look. Big news coming out last week, uh, Lonzo Ball uh, suing the co-founder of Big Baller Brand, uh, a longtime friend. Um, And it looks like Lonzo Ball is actually starting to shift away from Big Baller Brand. Uh, We saw the the Instagram post uh, kind of referencing Nike. He covered up his tattoo of Big Baller Brand with uh, some dice now. Um, you know, LeVar Ball, his dad has been saying, hey, Big Baller Brand is still going to be a solid brand or whatever. But uh, it, it looks like there has been a, a distancing. And guys, what are our thoughts on this? Uh, Lonzo, he's out for the season anyway, hasn't played for a few months. Um, but this is important stuff. Marketing and branding is very important for the NBA players. Uh, so so what are your thoughts on this uh, kind of departure, this this breaking? 
I think I look at it as bigger than just Lonzo himself. I kind of look at the family as a whole. I think it's, it's more of a sad story in the sense that, you know, this as as African Americans in this country, we don't have much like financial capital. So when you are able to build up a business from the ground, right, and try to rein in profits, that not only kind of that not only lifts your status as as a, as African American family, but it kind of helps the landscape of African Americans and African American um, business people uh, nationwide. Like that that was a good story. I know I know Levar is known for his antics and his tactic, tactics. I mean his antics, but it, to me it was a tactic to. Get free advertising. Like, for him, no press was bad press because, you know, he was trying to get his sons on the platform and build a platform for himself to make his brand look look legitimate, credible, and um, sustainable. And so when you see something like this, I mean, this guy, Alan Foster, he was convicted in 2002 of defrauding, you know, 70 people for about $4 million. So, like, you know, what's the, what was the vetting? What was the examining? What, I mean, the checking of this guy's, you know, character. I know he might have been a longtime friend, but... This is a guy that's been—he's been convicted of something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it kind of—it's kind of sad because um, Lonzo, of course, was going to be the poster boy in the face of it because he's going to be the, the most successful out of all, all the three brothers. Um, and it was something I don't think we've, we've ever seen before. You coming in the league with with your own signature shoe that was created in your family, right? Regardless of the feelings you have towards the Ball family, that's pretty impressive. That's unreal. It's pretty impressive. The fact that they actually yeah. like did it. Because a lot of you can always talk yeah, about doing it. it yeah. The fact that you actually did it and actually like got your business to grow mm-hmm. from that is incredible and quite honestly unheard of. Yeah. I mean Nike, uh, Adidas, and now Puma and Under Armour obviously control the league. The Triple Bs were the one aspect of of the of the NBA that we did not see coming, and the fact that you the fact that Foster lied to them about his previous conviction, saying that, you know, he was fine, he was not a criminal and whatever. Turns out he, like, defrauded more than 70 people of nearly $4 million in 2002. I just, I just said that. No, like, I, I'm, just, I just said that. I'm reemphasizing. Don't you do this. Greg used to do this to me, and I'm not going to sit here and let you do it. Oh, no, but, like, I'm, just I'm reemphasizing the fact that, like, yeah. the fact that he would lie to, like, an honestly, an honest family— whether or not you like LeVar, like Andrea said, yeah. whether or not you like LeVar Ball, he's the one dad who did everything to empower his, son, his sons and make them go far in life. And he's doing just that. Yeah. And the fact that now they, they get screwed over by some, some dude who just took advantage of you know, their kindness and their will to succeed is just really messed up. But what does it say, I guess, Greg, the question from me to you, Greg, Gregory Boulevard, does that set a precedent for people trying to start their own brand in the in any sports league? Like, is that something we'll never see again because of this? Obviously, this is like a really unique incident, but is it worth it for, for people to go through this kind of pain? Um, I think that it's going to be a case study that other players look at if the idea comes up, just because you are dealing with a lot of different things when you are branding yourself in this way. Uh, as a, you're not following the Adidas, the Nike, the Puma, or whatever, and you're creating your own brand and your own shoe and logos and designs, and that's a lot to a lot to figure out on the side while also investing your time to develop your craft and be a better basketball player. And I think that there's I'm obviously the the scandal itself from what or you you were hoping as a close trusted friend who is going to help you out. 
um, is going to be something everybody looks at. Like, hey, you business decisions. You got to be aware of who you bring on for these kind of ventures. Um, but I think also for Lonzo, it's maybe a little bit relieving to be like, okay, I'll sign on with another brand and they can do a lot of this work for me so that I have extra time to take care of other things that I want to pursue. Um, because there's a certain ownership to doing everything yeah. for yourself. And and that is a really empowering and, and cool uh, thing to have, but you make some sacrifices along the way. So I think that I don't I don't think it's the last time we'll see um, players kind of uh, think about it at least. Uh, I, I think that there's definitely avenues down the line that we'll see more of it. Um, but maybe if anything, it's just we're going to see more of the brands that are already established start to grab more players. Do you think LeVar Ball, for both of you, do you think LeVar Ball steps kind of back as, you know, the, the, the character that we've known him to be? with that failure because i mean obviously he, i we we know he wants the best for his sons he part of that failure is on him you know not seeing it coming obviously who could have you know but do you think he's going to take a step back as a business entrepreneur and as you know that that almost like their agent and manager in a way i think he's done a pretty good job since lonzo was drafted like actually on the team of, yeah. of being behind yeah. the scenes more in the back. I, I think he's done a pretty good job. I mean, he still he still comes up to do uh, talks, I think, uh, on occasion. But, like, he's just I, – I think now he's really just their dad. And, you know, he, he advises them like he is their dad, which that's what he is. Like, hey, I, I think I, – I still think the brand will be good, but obviously I'm going to support you, Lonzo, in whatever you're doing. Ultimately, this is your life. And I think he does a good job of that, Trey. Um, Like Greg said, I'm just piggybacking on what Greg said uh, – I thought, you know, and a lot of people might have thought that an interesting narrative coming into the year is like how would, you know, LeVar affect the whole LeBron coming in thing. And he absolutely said nothing. Like, we heard something in the middle of the year, him saying, you know, if Lonzo was traded, he wants to go to this specific place, da da da, whatever. But he's been in the back. I think he's focusing on LaMelo right now and just trying to groom him and get him up. Because, I mean, his goal is to get them there. You know, a lot of people might say, oh, you know, he's trying to live through his sons and use his sons. But, I mean, okay, bro. He's the uh, most you can, supportive guy. You can dad. think like that. I mean, that's just your opinion. But, you know, he could easily be not in their lives. He could easily yeah. not be a good father. Like, you know, there's a lot of guys in the league that don't necessarily have that. And so, speaking of LaMelo, he, he also said that he wanted out of BBB. Obviously, he's not technically a brand ambassador for them. Yeah. Uh, but he he will not. I From what I've read and what he said on Instagram after the, the, the tattoo, yeah. Uh, picture. He does not want to be associated with the the, the triple well, I'm B just, brand. I'm not. Now I'm interested as to where how they're going to brand then, because if, I if I don't know either. If your sons aren't going to you know be the brand ambassadors, what do you what do you do next? But you guys want to go ahead and move forward. Yeah, it should be interesting. Let's talk about some uh, some college hoops now. Uh, we know who's going to play in the final four coming up this weekend. Not at all what we expected. I can I can safely say, North Carolina is out. Duke is out. Virginia is still alive. Michigan State is in. The Zags are, are back in town. No, they lost. The Zags are not back in town. Tech. Texas Tech. And Tech. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. <laughs> Tech. Yeah. I, well, I, I just said that, guys. Texas Tech is in town, not the Zags. You guys are annoying. Um, so we have we have four teams that I don't think a lot of people expected to be in. Um, a beautiful 
Elite Eight, honestly, a really, really uh, a fiery uh, set of Elite Eight games with a lot of uh, of intriguing and, and, and suspenseful plays. Um, what do you guys make of it? Is this like one of the most entertaining tournament that we've seen in, in, in recent history? Like not the first round, but since, you know, the Sweet 16? I've liked it. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's been competitive. It's been it's been madness down to the wire in, yeah. in major in the majority of the games. Like there was a pepper. There was a, there was a, there was a period where there was a couple of blowouts, but then there's then there was those good tight games that you expect. So I've been pretty happy with it. Even though I'm not happy with the final four setup as far as uh, who's in, because I, I mean I had Duke going all the way through. We'll touch on this as, as we go further into the segment, but. Um, I think Michigan State did kind of prove that. And I think Stephen A. had some validity when he said this, that they probably should have got a one seat. Whether you yep. – I don't know whether – well, you're not going to take it from Virginia because Virginia's won all their games. But um, whether you take that from, you know, Gonzaga or, or North Carolina. Um, but – and then them putting Michigan State on the same side as, as Duke is kind of ridiculous. Those teams shouldn't have made on the Elite Eight. They should definitely met in the Final Four. Um, but I'm cool with, with the teams that are left. If I would have to give a projection – I would have to say probably it's going to be Texas Tech and Virginia. I think Texas Tech wow. is, is Virginia. Is, yeah, I think I think I mean what kind of story is that? that's a good story. You know, it is that they lose in the first round, then finally break through to get and who get do to you the think finals. who do you think takes it all? I got Texas Tech winning it all at this point. Yeah, I'm going a little bit on a little quote unquote dark horse. I like right. I, I like what Auburn's doing, and not I'm not taking I'm not selling Michigan store, Michigan State for anything, but I think Texas Tech just does a great job defensively. They're a top ten defensive team in the country as long as well as Virginia. But they just shown throughout this tournament that they can smother you to the point where you're not going to get anything. And I think Greg will back me up when I say that. And if so if them and Virginia meet it's gonna be a, in the finals. Now game. don't now don't sleep on Auburn. Those guys are playing quote unquote the cliche, they're playing inspired. But their best um, player, yeah. But you know, if if Texas Tech and Virginia get to the finals against each other, it's gonna be slow. It's gonna be like grinding out. No game. one's gonna score over over sixty. Um but I just like uh, Texas Tech's athleticism. I'll take their athleticism um, over UVA. He's not saying that's the, the crux of the game, but if I think it came down to that's it. That's fair. Thing. Greg, what do you what did you think and who do you got? Um, I think that after the round of – after the first weekend um, – that Yeah, I can, the, I can honestly say the, the first weekend was negative. The first weekend had like one or two games that you were like, okay, this was cool. But I, I think the Sweet 16 onwards so far has really been awesome. I know – you know, we Duke had two really close down of the wire games. They sweated out over V-tech. UCF, and then they, uh, you know, take out um, VTech uh, in the Sweet 16, and then they lose a very close game against Michigan State. So, like, it was obviously fun to just watch that team, and you hope that they got further than they did. Um, and we'll talk about the three guys on that team and what what's next for them. Um, but I, I think that that was just one of the main storylines, obviously, the weekend. I think that um, it was a surprise to see Purdue really make the push that they did, and it was a great story. My you know, gosh, Carson, Carson Edwards. Edwards. That, that game against Virginia for the, the, the move to go to the Final Four obviously was uh, sensational. I didn't manage to catch that game, so I, I missed a storybook uh, ending, I guess. Seriously. Um, but he's been, by the way, he's been named most outstanding player of the tournament. And he's the only one since Stephen Curry to get that award while his team did not make it to the Final Four. And, you know, good for him. I mean, the, the I, I was not even expecting them to get past Tennessee, quite no. frankly. They were up 25 on uh, Tennessee in the first half. Tennessee made a incredible... It was 18. Com- uh, was it 18? I thought yeah, it was 25. Okay. No, it was, so, it was 25. Uh, but... 
But my bad. Sorry. It was double digits, large double digits. Tennessee made the push, came all the way back. Should have won that game, personally, in my opinion. They foul Purdue on a, call that a foul. on a on a three that was barely a foul. Uh, and Purdue goes away in overtime, and then they they make the the game against Virginia. But that 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 back to back slate of games really fun to watch. Uh, I think the Midwest where Auburn came out, I actually wasn't really that into to their side of the bracket. Neither, um, neither would I. Yeah. I, I think that the, the biggest surprise was that Auburn like trashed North Carolina and pulled away. They dominated. Um, which was which was huge, um, and then I, I know it hurts you, Louie, but Texas Tech, Michigan, that game. Let's be honest. <sighs> if if you you cannot win a game if you don't make shots, and, and they Michigan, were not making shots, Michigan did not catch a On single top break. Of the fact that, that Texas Tech is an elite, the Texas Tech yeah. defense is unreal. Don't know, um, but Michigan could not. No, buy. I'm saying, but when you yeah. add those two, yeah, oh, exactly. No, you're going to get blown. And, and, and I thought you know they started off. You know, I was I was okay with the low scoring game. I was, you know, you know what? It's fine. We don't need to rush into anything. We don't need to, uh, you know, get in our head because I'm a big Michigan guy. Obviously, we don't need to get in our head. Second half is could be our half. You know, Michigan has been known to kind of like pick it up in the second half. They 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 start strong in the second halves. Usually, it got even worse. And Texas Tech finally got their rhythm. And Culver took over with uh, the Italian uh, phenom now. Who <laughs> uh, I, I can't think of his name. I'm sorry. Um, he's starting guard. He's blanking on his name. But they 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 took over and they well deserved win. Yeah. Well deserved win. I just would like to say that the state of Michigan is being incredibly well represented in NCAA basketball. That is the fourth. That I mean, Michigan has been to a Moretti. lot of Sweet 16 League. Moretti. We're ready. Thank yeah. you. Um, and Michigan State now in the Final Four, beating one of the the team of the uh, one of the teams of the decade. Uh, we can say with with the Duke uh, freshman sensation. Um, who do you have it? Who do you have winning in all? Did you say? Um, I think looking at these guys, I'd have Tech as well. Uh, I think I would have Tech Auburn actually. Um, and I I. You know, Virginia's defense obviously is going to give Auburn issues, but I think at this point of the tournament, it's really just can you can you string along a couple of minutes of hot yeah. shooting? And Auburn does have that for them. They, their they three-point shooting is what really has propelled them this far. They so can line uh, it up. I think, uh, but I, I do think Tech will, will ultimately. Win. I'm really upset that Michigan State and Tech cannot meet in the final. I think to me that would be the best matchup. Um, because of the way they play, we have you know uh, uh, a strong, um, strong team in Michigan State with an elite def- defense and and a and a phenom in Culver, but I do think that ultimately Virginia is going to hold it down with their good defense as well. Let's not forget about the way they defend the ball. Uh, incredible, incredible to watch, honestly. And I think Tech will take it ultimately all the way. They get into their first Final Four now. They uh, no since nine, the eighties, and now they win. Their, their championship. So we'll have to see how it pans out. So far, our brackets are completely destroyed, so you might not want to listen to us. Uh, but let's move to something else that concerns some NCAA college basketball players. The draft, you know, we're pushing for the playoffs in the NBA, but after that is the draft. And a lot of people are taking notes from this tournament, especially a lot of scouts. Guys, let's talk about the top five prospects that we think can make, uh, can, can go into the lottery. Um, I can we can both we can safely assume that Zion Williamson and Ja Morant will be in that in that top five, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, I think number one and number two respectively. 
don't well, know about the I, one is locked. Zion, Zion's yeah, definitely that's... locked as one. Uh, I think Ja is probably in everyone's top five, top six, but I don't know where you would slot him. It there. depends it really on who. Depends. It depends on who gets the, the two. So I mean, we got how so many let's games see we what got teams, left? Yeah, uh, six games. Six games. Okay. Um, Cleveland's a game and a half behind Phoenix as far as tanking. Like, so if Phoenix falls at two, you could Phoenix very, will you want a point guard. Yeah, you're gonna see them take a point guard. So I think the top two point guards in this class. Are Morant and then I think the Darius Garland kid. Mm-hmm. They got from so, Vanderbilt. Yeah. yeah. So, but you would you would assume they take Ja. Right? Ja is to me a lock if a team needs a point guard. I think he's a lock in the top five regardless. Okay, let's let's say if things ended the day. So you have the Knicks at one, Phoenix at two, Cleveland at three, Chicago at four, and Atlanta at five. Repeat that: Knicks, Suns, Knicks, Suns, Cavs, Bulls, Hawks. Okay, so. I'm going to go with Zion first. I'm going to go with Ja second. Then Cavs. Yep. Cavs, I'd like to see Culver in there. And so what you think, Greg? I don't know you like Culver. I know you're high on Culver. Uh, well, or should I let Louis finish this? Let, I, yeah, let Louis we can, finish no, we can We can discuss and, you know. I want to go. Uh, so we're unanimous on Top one. two. Well, I think we're unanimous on, two, on top two, right? If, if the Suns are. Thing to go Morant there. Because uh, they have no that's, point. <laughs> and they, and the, they need one to set up DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker. It'd be perfect. What I think they will go, they probably will go Ja. What they should go, I don't think it is Ja. But I will go. Who do you think? I think they should go Culver there, and I think it's because huh. Culver, Josh Jackson, even, get away from even you? though. Well, yes, he's he's better than Josh Jackson, but. Culver actually can handle as a secondary playmaker. Yep. And that is huge for Devin Booker. If you can let off the playmaking load from him. Well, see, the um, thing is. You don't need, I don't think you need, like, a point. If Booker is going to be. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If, yeah. if Booker is going to be your, like, off-ball point guard, essentially, and you have Culver being, like, a like a hybrid, like, wing-type playmaker sometimes, but slashing, like, it's going to depend on how Culver's shot develops I think Culver's jumper right now is he he completely remade it from his first year in yeah. college. Um, I mean, and he, ju- and and he jumped in the points. He was at yeah. 11 points a game, and now he's at 18 points a game yeah, this season. So he's he's made the progression you want to see. I, I think that he's good. And the fact that he can check, like, three positions defensively and he's there physically too. Um, is, is what you like to see. So I, I would – if I was the Suns and I'm just building the best team that I can, and I think that, you know, Ja – Jaws, the, the, the upside with Jaw here is that he is a phenomenal passer. Uh, and it's really just what he goes for high risk, high reward passes. And so you hope that at the next level, are those passes still going to be there? Like with better defenders around him, but better players that exactly. you can pass that, to? That's, like that's, yeah. the, that's the, I think that's the back and forth you have to think that, about. That's my logic here is that you, you saw him in, during the tournament. He was a little frustrated because the passes were there, his, his teammates were not. And obviously that's. His IQ is way above any yeah. of his teammates. Yeah. I'm very sure. and that's not a uh, that's not you know a clash on anyone here. But I think you know in the league, major difference when you're passing to DeAndre Ayton, yeah, and Devin Booker, and whoever exactly. wings they, with you, they, and and they they know what you want to do. They ha- they will have more set plays, mm-hmm. and I think Jazz's ability to leave his ego aside and be a team player because he truly, I mean, 
Did he take over for Murray State? Yeah, because he had to. I don't think he needs to take over in his mind. I think that he just wants to help his team win. Like you saw, they had like those three championship, you know, WWE belts, and he was like, we're going to get it. It wasn't, you know, a one mentor. It was a we kind of deal. And I think that if you bring him on the Suns team that needs desperately a playmaker, but a pl an overall playmaker, you know, I think he's the perfect fit for them because Culver can only take you so far. Jack can space the floor and, uh, and see things that, not a lot of point guards can. And I think that for Devin Booker to not have to do as much and be set up where you just can spot up and shoot, for DeAndre Ayton to pick and roll and just literally have the ball waiting there for him to slam it, for other players to be able to do less and focus on their abilities more, that's why he's the right pick for the Suns. I think either way is going to relieve some pressure off of, off of Booker, where it could become a situation where Booker's taking on more of a, a James Harder role in the sense that he can be a primary ball handler and facilitate, but he also can be a volume shooter for you on the night. See, but the thing is, the thing I the thing I like about Ja is the fact that out of all the skill sets I think translate so beautifully to the league or, or don't have such such a tough time translating, is the your ability to see the floor. Yeah. So I don't think that I don't think that's something that's gonna be as as frictionful as maybe some other other skills or some other things that you might be lacking. So um, I would say I would say Ja here just in the shirt just because of the sure fact that you know their their point guard situation is just absolutely just just nothing. Yeah, I, I know you like Melton, but you know he's not an everyday guy I, to me. I think that um, the the if you're making Ja, <clears throat> excuse me, you're really maximizing your offensive upside on this team. This is like yeah. an offensive move because Ja and Booker is a defensive backcourt. You're good. not you're not, not stopping good. anyone with that, and you're gonna hope that Mikel Bridges like becomes the lockdown wing yep. defender that you need him to be. Um, and 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 Mikel Bridges has been really solid as a rookie. Um, but that like you can't just make him Kawhi Leonard like defend. He's like, not gonna. Like, he's not gonna become that in day, one yeah. in one year of a difference. Um, and I think that if you get Culver there instead, now all of a you sudden you have length. Culver and Bridges as perimeter defenders, and Culver does. It, he is a plus on offense, not nearly the same of uh, visionary as Ja is. But he can still make the passes you need him to uh, to make. He will uh, handle the pick and roll pretty well. So he's more um, of a balanced. I, I think he's a little Suns. bit more balanced than uh, Ja. But I think that uh, it really depends on how much you believe in Ja's star upside yeah. over over Culver and vice versa. I think so, that's what the pick. So okay, so we that's a very good point. So let's let's put Ja and, and Culver in that discussion for two, three. The Cavs. That's why I have Culver uh, for kind of the same reasons. I think that Culver should be. Um, in a place, because Colin Sexton is actually doing well and doing better now. Um, he's not, you know, the great point guard that a lot of people expected, but he finally is figuring it out in the league. Still a lot of turnovers, still a lot of shot that, shots that shouldn't be taken. But having Culver there brings that defensive intensity, brings that playmaker that they need at the wing, and can honestly help facilitate the game. So that's why I think they should pick him. Dre, who do you have? I would, I think I would, I would like to see Culver here too. I think that I think that'd be a pretty solid pick in the sense that, um, do you, does he play two or three for you there? I mean, he doesn't. I mean, he's gonna start at two, but yeah. he can he can defend up and down. Yeah, like, he, he can even switch on the bigger wing. So like that's fine. But the the thing is, Sexton has played much better down the stretch here at the, at the end. Um, and 
you you know you talk about a solid defensive backcourt. I think that backcourt defensively would be would be pretty solid going forth, just with Sexton's uh, intensity. And I think Sexton has the ability to to improve it as yeah. a de- as a defender as things go on. Like he, I think he has the want and the and the will to defend. Yeah. So Sexton is going to be someone that continues to develop. You know, um, kind of going in the in the Cleveland where there's nothing else. You know, he 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 struggled at the beginning of the year, especially like being, being efficient. Um, but you put Culver beside him. I think that's. I think that's a good start. I think it's a good start, uh, especially these guys that can end up being. Um, <clears throat> that can be a backcourt that can play both ways. I can be two way players in, in the league, um, or good two way players in the league moving forward. So I, I, I would stick Culver in there. Greg, you did, you you had Culver at two. Uh, Who do you I, have at three? I, uh, Cavs to me is, and <clears throat> I do think to, to backtrack. I do think John does go two. I would hope that uh, Culver does, but otherwise, Ja goes too. Three screams to me, RJ Barrett. Think so? I think our. Okay. I think the Cavs. I think a Dan Gilbert pick here is let's get our star. And so okay. At so, this point, I think in the draft of who else is on the board, I think that star upside is RJ Barrett, even so, though he doesn't maybe necessarily. Sorry, go ahead. Is your reasoning? Are you thinking as the Cavs gym, or are you thinking as you? Being, being, because yeah, I, think I we're thinking. I think we are thinking as if we were, were the team. GM. If you okay, that's okay. that's what we've been I'm going of, off. I'm going by if I was that team. So okay, let me then. So so then and then and then we'll go like we'll do it like okay. a, if the the teams actually. Select. Okay, so then if I'm if I'm doing it if I'm GMs of these teams and I go Zion Culver, um, I still I mean, might go. I still might go Barrett yeah. at three. Like I don't think that Ja makes any. St- no. Hmm. They won't want to. I mean, Colin. I don't think you give up on sex and FS. No, I think you I put think Colin as a two. You put Ja as a two. Yeah, I think Ja is a good shooter, together, but That's it'd be really weird. Funky, so no, yeah. I think you go RJ, and then Ja would slip to to four to the Bulls, and they and, would love that. And they would love the that. Bulls. The so the Bulls at the four. So you have Ja at the four. Um. If, Man, at the four for the Bulls, it's a tough one because ultimately I would love RJ to end up with the Hawks. I think that'd be a great like at the at the uh, number five. But you would think they would take the best available, right? But I th- I think the Bulls would take RJ. However, but, Otto, you have Otto Porter there, who's been doing well. Yeah, no, they've they've the the thing with the Bulls is like you know they're gonna go point guard because they have yeah. Levine. Porter, Markinen, Wendell yeah, Carter they're, Jr. They're but, four. They're so, two through five are locked. So they, they'd go but Darius Garland. The smart, would they make the smart decision? Have they or been known they go with the the best guy, the quote unquote best guy on the board? What I've always said, they make no sense as a front office. So would they go for the pick that makes sense, or would they go for freaking I don't know Sekudumbuya and and go for that? Well, I don't think they go for him because he's a, you don't know he's anything. <laughs> you don't know anything. But um, I. Okay, if I'm the Bulls, once again, if I'm the Bulls, I'm going for Darius Garland from Vanderbilt. I mean, that would make sense, right? My only problem is that he's really tiny. I mean, I mean, him and him and Ja are yeah. basically you know, yeah. the same size. Like both six three, one seventy. I mean, they both have to add. But the, the the cool thing about him but. is that he can shoot from deep, and he he's kind of like a Trey Young type of type of player where he like he doesn't hesitate when he wants to shoot. However, sometimes you can overshoot it. Um, good handles. Good passer. I just don't know how he would fit with this Bulls team. 
because it's kind of tough to be a rookie point guard with everyone else at their position already. Like, because you have to be a team leader as a point guard. That's just a thing. Well, that, that might be just me. Well, not in this system. Like, because they're going to put a lot of the primary ball handling in, yeah. in Levine's Levine hands. And marketing. And, yeah. yeah. And they've so. already said they're going to, you know, from from what I've heard, that they're building stock. And this is this is even from when Hoiberg was there at the beginning of the year, that they're building stock in Zach hopefully developing into a guy that will be their primary ball handler and be able to facilitate yeah. as well as score at a high yeah. clip. So so Darius, would, Darius is the pick that makes sense, right? I think so. I think okay. so. And because of his shooting ability, I think that would be a a, a, a a more of a dangerous threat than than Chris Dunn off the ball. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So Because cause you can't really go to Dunn off the ball with, with, no. with, with Levine primary yeah. handler because Dunn, Dunn is a creator. Shoot, he's not a shooter. shooter yeah. He's a defender. So yeah. – um, I right. guess I would say Garland here too. Yeah, no, I, I think that for for mine the way it fell, you have you have uh, I like, have I have Zion, Culver, ja. RJ, Ja. Okay, and then and then five at the Hawks. I have I have RJ. I think it's a great pick for the Hawks. I think that is exactly what they need. I think that is exactly what RJ needs because RJ is. I, as much as Andre dislikes him, he could. I don't, he, okay, let me let me clear it up. I don't dislike RJ. I dislike his decision making. Yeah. So I think he has a skill set to be a good a yeah. good player, but his decision making is, is the, and he's young. He's, and, he's and, young. and that's why I yeah. think that he would fit perfectly with the Hawks because Trey Young is literally going to tell him what to do. Literally, is going to set him up in a way that RJ has just one job is to either go to the rim or shoot it. And he'll be open or he'll at least be in a better spot. Because as good as Trey Jones is with Duke, Trey Young is better. And Trey Young has, Trey Young's vision is incredible as well. And he's been dishing the ball like crazy. And I think he, he and, you know, Collins, um, and who else is on that Hawks team? Uh, uh, Young, Hoarder, Torian Prince, uh, yeah. Collins. Yeah. Well, all these pieces help RJ. Like, they have, you know, some veterans in there, and they have some young guys that can help him adjust to the game. It might be a slip-up for RJ, but ultimately I think it's the best destination for him How in his you, career. Greg, I, I'm with, RJ is probably, from what we said, he's probably going to get slotted there if we have, me and Louie have pretty much the same thing. Greg, how if that if that were to happen, which it, I also mean, I don't know, I don't think it will. But if RJ were to slide to five, how do you think that fit works out in Atlanta if he was there, with playing off Trey and then with Collins, of course? Do you think that's a solid fit, or do you think that 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 doesn't fit? Like you don't think it's a congruent, fluid transition? I. Do. So here's the thing: we've only had one year to see RJ at Duke, um, and the system that Duke ran wasn't it i don't know if you could really call it a system it was a lot of like my turn your turn my turn yes, your true. turn with exactly zion uh, and then cam reddish kind of hanging out in the corner and i've got to do more like film review of like teams and stuff as we get close to the draft but like i think rj really needs a system where he is going to be the primary handler for the most part and you're going to space out good shooters around him and i think that the Hawks are going to give all their primary facilitating to Trey Young. They're not going to give that to RJ. And I think you're not really helping either player by by having them next to each other. So if it was me uh, drafting at five here, I'd actually go Brandon Clark, who I think is 
an excellent defensive player that the Hawks need because they don't have, like, an all-around defensive guy, a guy who can knock down three-point shots, a guy who hustles, who slashes. Um, Brandon Clark averaged 21.7 points uh, this season. He's 6'8". He's really quick. He's very smart. He's a guy who will move the ball around. So he fits Lloyd Pierce's system a lot better so than you, I think R.J. Barrett would. You take him before DeAndre Hunter? Who I think is a is a probably yes. a more more I think he's more polished around. I think I would Clark. take I would take Clark higher than DeAndre Hunter. I'm I'm gonna have to disagree with you. I think Clark reminds me a lot of Bryce Johnson from North Carolina a couple years ago. I don't know if you guys even remember him. I mean, Bryce Johnson was six eleven though. I mean, long and lanky. I know, but what I'm saying is that in his like in terms of playing, like. His, oh, as far as, okay. I yeah, not, not like physically I, I speaking, okay, but yeah, yeah. both very physical players, both very dynamic on the floor, very solid at both ends of the court, except that for some reason, Bryce Johnson was not, he was picked by the Clippers. Yeah. I haven't heard of him since, pretty much. Um, he, like, his skill set did not translate to the NBA. I don't see, I don't see Clark making it, making an immediate impact in the league. I, I I know like he's he's built he's athletic he can shoot but for, I don't see his skill set translating to the league. I Why? it's a, it's kind of a hunch because I'm looking at Bryce Johnson. They really remind me a lot of each other. Same thing with Carson Edwards. Remi- reminds me a lot of Trey Burke in a lot of ways. And you look at Trey Burke right now. It's kind of like he struggled for a while too. Where I could be completely wrong. I just see I just don't see Brandon Clark doing that well because of the way Bryce Johnson has been doing, and I don't know that if they can translate that to the league at a higher level. I think that they're good in college because they can dominate other players with their uh, willpower and with their athleticism. It's not the same thing in the league because they, people will have will match their athleticism and or even better, and they'll have a better skill set. Okay, as far as what should, I mean, or, I mean we've got time, right? As far as we're, yeah. we're probably real yeah. occur. Um, what do you guys think? I, I think one. I think, think Jago's two. I think so. Zion one. I think Jaw two. I think RJ three. Um, four and five is where I would like. Yeah. Not a hundred percent sure. I think. Yeah. I think the Bulls are in a weird spot because they're like, we really want a point guard, but they're gonna try not to force it. Like I don't see Garland going that high. Could so, Kobe White go that high? Like I know it's a real stretch. We don't. We don't. Because well, I mean, there's plenty of time. So like, yeah, Boris gonna change. The combine still has to be done. Like things don't go up and down. So, like and but yeah, all these all these guys have to go work out for them and everything. Um, but it's just like Kobe now, White. You don't see some of the you don't see some of the reaches in the NBA draft is what you see in the NFL draft. So yeah. like things aren't going to change that drastically. Um, I don't think at least. I know. I no. I think. It, I mean, it's pretty set. I, one thing that I think for sure is Cam Reddish's stock is going to drop, like a decent amount. I don't think he's going to be a top 10 pick. Um, I don't know about that. Really? Yeah, I don't know he'll, about he'll that. Get, he'll get he'll be up. a top 10 yeah. pick, I think. Now, the interesting thing, and I'm not saying this because it's my team. If the Lakers end at 10, who do they go get, Greg? <laughs> I don't know who will be available. That's there? what's tough. Well, so like, I'm or, just, or do you think he's available there? Uh, so I'm just looking at Tankathon. So they have Romeo Langford going to the Lakers right now um, from Indiana. He's a shooting guard. Um, but... Small forward, thank like, you very much. A wing. Uh, <gasps> but I think... Um, well, actually. I really, I think the Lakers are just like... First, they're going to be like, okay... Who do they get rid of who, first? Who, who, 
We'll do the can we, can we, is, is this good? Yeah, is this yeah. good enough that we can trade this? <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing because you're like LeBron doesn't want a brand new young guy unless it's Zion. Like if they jump all the way to one, that's the only only way I could see them potentially picking. And even then, they'd be like, "Hey, Pelicans, look, hey, I, I have the I have now. the pick now. <laughs> I can't I can't give you anything better now than Zion Williamson and like Hart and like whatever. Like, come on, like that's." So, I don't even know what the Lakers will want to do. I think that's the last thing they're thinking about, honestly. They're just thinking about free agency and trades right now. Like, when the draft comes around. Honestly, yeah, do I don't think they but, care about the draft. I think they should take Lou Ricard at 10. I'm a strong player. That's a little, it's a little high, but I, I think that he can. High. I think he can. You're a little high. I, I think he can develop the Who way you think. Who would you take, like me or Cam Reddish? I'd take me in a heartbeat. No, don't take me. <laughs> don't, um, I, I, I don't think the Lakers are worried about it. Um. What are the teams in the Tankathon? Uh, like, give me like five through ten, real quick. Uh, five through ten. So they have five. They have Cam Reddish to the Hawks, six DeAndre Hunter to the Grizzlies, Jackson Hayes so center out of Texas to the Hawks, because uh, the Mavericks pick is right now outside the top five, so it goes to the Hawks. Um, eight Brandon Clark goes to the Pelicans. Uh, nine Seko uh, Doom. I, I don't Dumbuya. know how to pronounce the name. Dumboya uh, going to the Wizards, and then Mermaid Langford to the Lakers. Clark at New Orleans. What do we think of that? Jill Okafor, Julius Randle. Do we need Clark? Brandon Clark has jumped up. Like, Greg has a lot of um, capital in saying that you know he's going to he's going to go go higher. I I I do think he should go higher, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to translate that. I really hope he does. Obviously, for his sake, I hope he does. I just don't know. I just don't see him fitting well at the Pelicans. Like they have too many bigs. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it just really de- depends the, on where you think that he's going to play. Would you, if the Grizz were to get that DeAndre get DeAndre Hunter, would you like that like that grinded out defensive? Like they're being a, being be a defensive monster over there. <laughs> I would love <laughs> they would nothing like they, teams would score NCAA so points. So if we're gonna, this is just a fun thing. Rank. Who who do you want top three teams who you'd want to get the number one pick and effectively get Zion? Like if you had to rank your favorite three teams, to Knicks. Get, really? No, no. The Knicks Atlanta. have the most cap nah. space. Too. I want to see nah. him in Atlanta. Bro. I want to see him in Atlanta. Okay, that's the my Phoenix number will one be pick. Nuts. Okay, but you guys, okay, you guys are thinking right now based on the current players. The Knicks have the most cap space to sign two free agent superstars. They're not gonna keep Zion. Then whatever. No, I want. I want. What do you mean I they're not gonna the keep Hawks. Zion? I want the Hawks one. You're no fun. I want the Hawks one. I want the Grizzlies two. Grizzlies. Karen oh! Jackson Jr. Oh! Let's go. Let's go. And then I don't really know who I want three. I don't know. No, maybe I like the Lakers. Wouldn't it be crazy to have, bro? You can't tell me it wouldn't be crazy to have Booker, Zion, and Aiton on the same team. That's true. That'd be nuts. That's I would true. love. I'm not gonna lie. Big homer pick. Pistons. <laughs> but they don't. They don't have a lottery uh, pick. Do, does it look like you said? Give me your three favorite in your teams. Lotter- in the you did. Did you in, say okay, lottery? I'm sorry. Did he say I'm lottery? sorry. In in the fact that they can actually You're jump up to one. Lakers, okay. Lakers are like, yeah, we're gonna give Knicks. We're gonna give you everything the Pelicans didn't want, plus our tenth overall pick to take the number one pick. Nah. Uh, <laughs> um, nah. No. Okay. If 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 I'm in the in lottery, okay, the Hawks are obviously makes sense. I just think that the Knicks, they're going to sign two guys and they're going to get Zion. Like, it's a re- like that'd be crazy. I think they just want to trade the, the would if they, they get trade? the one, I think they would trade it to try and get Anthony Davis. I'm going to say, and so, then, and so then you, you don't think they would to... sign two and then get Zion as well? Is that, that possible? Would be the, uh, 
Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, right? that is. Yeah, they can do that, and I think but that's a smarter. Do move. they have enough money for that? Like, do like would they have enough money to attract two superstar free agents? Yes, they do. But okay. it's it's do those free agents yeah, I mean, want to play Knicks. with Zion? Number one, I would. And and number two, <laughs> <laughs> but number two, do the Knicks want to wait that long to have like? Do you, do you do they think that the age like makes sense to have like Zion at like nineteen with like a Kevin Durant at like twenty uh, whatever and then whoever? Yeah, I know that's what you think. I'm saying like that is what they. No, okay, think. okay. I'm saying let's say okay because you guys tell me I'm no fun. Hypothetically, hypothetically, even though we heard all the rumors and whatever, Kyrie gets signed by the Knicks, KD gets signed by the Knicks, Zion. Like you tell me you don't want to see Zion with those two. Do you know how crazy that'd be? Nah, I'd rather see him with the Hawks. Let's go Atlanta. Dre, like KD, <laughs> Kyrie, and Zion. Don't take your feelings against Ky- uh, KD in that equation. That that would not be fun to I watch. Think, I nope. think Kyrie suppresses Zion. Yep. Like, Does not let Zion, him flourish. You're not going to get any can't beautiful do it. Zion. Like, Kyrie doesn't have the capacity to want anybody else to flirt. Like, that's that's just not in him. We're, taking, we're doing takes right now. Okay. This is merging Hawks, into our okay, final now, thing. Okay, ultimately, if if I had to pick a team also, that to get him, the Hawks would be great. The Bulls would be a lot of fun. That, that, that would be that'd be cool as well. It'd be a yeah, lot I of fun. That'd be as well. I would say I would say Cleveland, just in the sure fact of the yeah. story, it's just like, oh, one one prodigal son to another. Guys, it's not my fault. He won we Cavs won the lottery again. Whoops. And then my ultimate homer pick is oh, if God. that Don't even listen to that. King's pick from 14 jumps all the way up to one and Zion is with the worst I don't it doesn't make any sense fit wise but Ben Simmons Zion Williamson and Joel Embiid to have the most athletic just ridiculous and JJ Redick you know how scary that is if Philly gets the number one there's no way I will cry laughing so hard um Pistons, why are you not in the lottery, bro? Because they're in the playoffs, man. You should be happy. All right. Um, Probably playing the Sixers in the first round. That actually could be a fun matchup yeah. if uh, uh, Griffin comes the, back. As long as the Magic don't jump him. Guys, one. six games left. Still been a fun week in the NBA, even though the NCAA happened. NCAA tournament happened. Uh, do we have any drawers of uh, of the week? We're going to stay in college. We're going to stay in college because of oh, because of March. Okay. Number one drawler. Well, let's let's go from last to. Well, I only got two. Zion from the ACC tournament through ball in through the uh, NCAA carried him absolute draw like you said his back was hurting um, he needs a chiropractor and too Carson freaking Edwards bro I mean what more do I need to say bro Carson Edwards out there ripping like ripping oh, he was deep he's pulling. been he, he was with us come shooting on, in the gym come on draws that's all I got for this, for this, for this. Greg what pissed you off other than me and Gr- this week <laughs> I'm also going to stick to NCAA. Okay. So, you know, a talent <laughs> like Zion I love Williamson. when he starts really slow. I, hold up. I love how you start really slow and then you just, like, rip your shirt off at the end. <laughs> Go ahead. A talent. So, Dre, would you say that oh, don't piggyback a generational me. talent like a Zion Williamson Yes, he should have touched the ball once in the last two minutes. <laughs> yes, Greg. Coach K. How does he not touch the ball? Because Coach K sorry, tried it. This, this is Greg's show. This yeah. is Greg's show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Once in a lifetime oh, here we go. talent. Oh, okay. Okay. With the game on the line, and you have. One point down. You have three players, but one of them is better 
Okay, one of them is superior by every every standard that you can see. One can jump from the free throw line and block a three point shot. Smarter guy can hit every shot on the floor, even the three point shot that everyone was saying he can't make. He can make that shot. Grown. Okay, knows where he's got to be. Can make every pass. You tell me in the final four possessions, five possessions of a of a single possession game that you're playing against Michigan State, who you have probably a pretty good basketball rivalry with in college, in in college basketball sure. playoff. Sure, well, I'm whatever. not going to interrupt you. Yeah, you keep whatever. going. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'm not even going to do research for this now. Okay, oh God, listen. Taking the headphones listen. off. <laughs> Zion Williamson should have the ball in that situation, and he should be taking it to the hole, and he should be yamming over guys and getting the foul call and getting the free throw to win the game, okay? He did it against UCF, okay? He didn't need the help of R.J. Barrett, even though he did. He didn't need the help of R.J. Barrett for that. It is a shame that Duke is not in the Final Four, and Zion Williamson does not have a chance to get a title in his only season of college basketball. So is it so? No, shut up, Blue. Now I'm pissed. No, is it Coach no, no, K. No, Small? No, you, is it no, Coach K. No. Small? Now I'm pissed because it is both. I always Zion, get screwed on my segment. I always get screwed on my segment. It is Coach K's fault and R.J. Barrett's fault. Zion does not deserve that. It is both of their fault. I'm gonna put on Coach K on this one. I'm gonna put it on R.J. Why? Gotta be a hero, right, Greg? Yeah. He just gotta be a hero. It's not I'm him. A, no, Coach no, no, no. K put no, him no, in this place. No, I don't care. You gonna shoot a pull up three from the right wing. Miss. Or iron. Miss. Okay, cool. You get the rock again. What's guess what? You're at the line. You gonna miss the one and one? That's what a hero baller does? You think Zion would have missed the one and one? Eh. Actually, Maybe. Yeah, he was. But guess what? He would have sprung from the free throw line and grabbed the rock. <laughs> That's right. And went back up with it. Here, here's the thing. I do blame RJ on that free throw. Like, that's entirely on him. <laughs> that's entirely on him. I mean, like, you could not, like, if, if there's any moment where you hold a player accountable is when, they, when they, mess a, they mess a free throw. Like, there's no other one. Like, no one is defending you. No one is, like, people are screaming at you, but you used to that because you're a player. Coach is not yelling at you. Like, your teammates are not even, like, cheering for you. You literally just have to make a bucket. He missed it. But Coach K tried to put it in. I guess what he who he thought was the best player on his team. I don't know what happened there. Designed to play. RJ was like tunnel vision. I'm not gonna call an alibi on that play, even though I have a three point open for. Or not, I don't know who was open on that wing, but someone was open, and he completely missed the layup. Got called a foul and messed it up. Coach K, Coach K failed Duke on that one. But you know what? It happens. Whatever. The best team won that day, in my opinion. No, no, that is not whatever. You, that is not you, whatever. The best Louis. player that lost, but whatever. the best team won. Okay. Oh, that was, that was, okay. First of all, did you guys hear that? <laughs> I'm going to repeat that one more time. The best player lost, but the best team won. Drake called me. Do I got a collab on the way. My segment so always gets screwed so over by you guys, me, by the way. Hold on, hold on. I just so, want to take. So time. you're telling me that in the last possession, you can't put the ball in Williams' hand, and he can't go to the rack and get fouled. I didn't say that. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm talking oh, yeah. in general. It's entirely Coach K's fault. He can go to the rack. And, yeah. if, and if he doesn't make it through contact, which is a high possibility that he will, he's not going to get fouled, which is also not a high possibility. I, I, think, or I, th- I think what Coach he K— He could kick it out oh, to a uh, yeah. wide-open three-point shooter. But I think what Coach K thought— I think what Coach K thought is like, we're going to try to draw them in on Zion, give the ball to RJ, try to make it look like we're setting a screen for Zion, and oh, Michigan boy. State— 
Bump played all that. great defense. Bump all that. Do, 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 do somebody say? Oh does somebody say? Oh, you know, hey, we hey, gonna draw hey. everybody to Jordan. Hey. And give it to Scotty. No, it doesn't, one, it doesn't matter. You had your You're the time best to shine. player in college basketball. You had your time to You're shine. You're the best player generationally in this generation now. You had your time to shine. And you telling me you going to defer to a dude who has been proven to not be clutch? I agree. The one shining moment was not there for R.J. Barrett. I'm just Louis. saying. It was for Zion Williams. I'm just saying. They right, could it was have, this day. They, they it was his I day. I wanted him to. Why you guys are saying me? We care. I wanted Zion to get that shot. Okay, but they could have done worse. They could have asked Cam, Cam Reddish to do it. Hey, Cam Reddish has hit a game-winning shot this year. One more thing than, than freaking Barry had one. Maybe not game-winning, but a clutch shot against Florida State. In RJ Florida State hit a building. three, like, in that last possession. When? Like, not in that last oh, possession, yeah, per possession se. But he did hit, yeah. like, a clutch okay, bucket. Yeah, I will, I will give him that. But the fact of the matter is, <laughs> it's less about RJ. Was it, was it it's under true pressure? Else. Was it under true pressure? He only had two guys on him. I mean, who cares? <laughs> Now I wasn't impressed by that shot. I gave him his props. So can I'm going to give him his props. Can I overreact? But when he doesn't, can I overreact? When he falls short, I'm almost going to eat Can him. I overreact yet? Is if it it's about Zion? No, it's about you. <laughs> oh, God. It's about you. <laughs> All right, let's go. Gregory. Let me hear it. So Gregory and I had a beef <laughs> via text message. Andre was the sort of moderator of that, but not really. He wasn't even moderating. I was just, I was just <laughs> there. <laughs> I'm going to snap some. Oh, my God. I was like, so I said, did you guys see what Russ just did? You know? Because Russ just put a 20, 20, 20 piece, and that was barbecue chicken if I've ever seen it. And Gregory Boulevard, Mellow. Mellow Boulevard. Boulevard. That's not even the Why right way to say it. Boulevard? Boulevard. Because that's the French way to say it, and you're in my country <laughs> now because it's my segment. You shut Boulevard. up now. <laughs> And Greg said, yeah, whatever, good for him. And then proceeded to have the audacity of taking the leap of faith to tell me that Ben Simmons is a better player than Russell Westbrook. Not today. Not today. Russell Westbrook is a a once-in-a-lifetime crazy psychopath on the court and I love everything about it because Ben Simmons sure as hell would not get a 20-20-20 because mainly he can't shoot (laughs) you're telling me that you would take a player who can't shoot versus a player who can and who's doing it not at a great clip not at a fantastic clip but he's still doing it and he's been known to knock down buckets more than Simmons when was the last time Ben Simmons had a three? Oh, during April Fool's. Not even because it was an April Fool's joke. Oh, oh, oh! He made a three in college. Shut up! I'm just saying if we're gonna bring up, we're gonna bring up <laughs> threes. You know, LSU. You know, there's the fact there. of the matter is, the main argument was that Greg was saying how Russell's, you know, Russell's achievement was against the LA Lakers, to which I say. You're so weird. Andre just started sitting down on by the door. To which I say, it doesn't even matter if it's the Lakers. Like, I could not do that in my church league. Like, I could not do it playing against middle schoolers, against, I don't, like, kindergartners. Like, okay, maybe I could do that, actually. No, you couldn't because the kindergartners wouldn't be able to shoot the ball. They wouldn't make the shot. So no, like, I couldn't do it assist. myself you against. You probably scored 20 yeah. points and 20 rebounds, but wouldn't have 20 assists. It's true. However... Well, Russell get twenty blocks. Like, though. and and I watched and I watched the highlights of that game because I mean it's the Lakers against OKC. I didn't really care to watch it, obviously. But 
he set these boys up like nice. It wasn't like an assist. Well, maybe one or two of them were like, but most of his assists were near the rim where the player just had to dunk it, flush it, easy buckets. And he grabbed that 20th rebound like a grown man that he is. Did he scream? Internally. <laughs> that night he probably did. And he stared at Reggie Miller and was like, that's for Nipsey. He was Jason Terry. Well, no, because no, Reggie was oh, doing said, the call. Oh, and then not, Jason Terry about, asked him. Oh, you're talking about, are you talking about post-game or during? During the game. Oh, no, I was, I was talking yeah, about yeah. post-game. And then Jason Terry no, asked him. I didn't mean, yeah. I didn't mean to. Don't ever interrupt. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but Russell Westbrook is a better player than Ben Simmons. Greg, I don't care that you're asleep. You're going to need to hear this. And it's one of the greatest physical and incredible achievements I've ever seen as an athlete. That is one of the most athletical achievement <laughs> ever. Yeah, I said that. Because that's how athletic that was. It was athletically astonishing. And the fact that you had the audacity of telling me it was okay, good for him, it's against the Lakers, you were disrespectful with a K. And that was my overreaction. And I don't even get angry, I just get mad. Greg sucks. That's what Louis trying to say. No, he sucks at this particular thing. Everything else he's good at. But because of his hom- homersness. Homerism. No, Homer's death. I like homerism. that. Because of his Homerism towards Ben Simmons, who can't make a shot for his life, Ben Simmons is a better player. Ben Simmons was not even better than Donovan Mitchell, and people argued about that. Hey, Greg. Whoa, 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 I was setting that up so perfectly. Oh, by the way, we've played this game, started playing this game with Andre that we love to piss Greg off and really instigate things, and it works every time. Hello, Greg, Greg. Would you say, before you dive into the Donovan Mitchell thing... I'm not going to dive into Donovan Mitchell. Solely on a basis of, you know, relationship status, is Ben Simmons a better player than Blake Griffin? Oh, great question. Because why? If people don't know this, <laughs> if people don't know this, Kendall Jenner, whatever her name is, because I don't like her anymore, was dating Blake Griffin until he moved to Detroit. And then because it wasn't as exotic as L.A., she was like, bye, Felicia. And now she's dating Ben Simmons. So who's the better basketball player? Purely off of that. <laughs> purely off of that. Ben Simmons is eating leftovers probably, and it's all I got to say. Probably Ben. Uh, but. Oh, no, 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 no. We're keeping that. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. We're, we're, we're cutting that. We're, we're heated. Thank you guys for joining us on Lane Violation. <laughs> we're close to the line. It's been a pleasure as always. We'll see y'all when the playoffs start. <laughs> Maybe. I didn't kill Greg before. Peace.